Isn't it amazing? They're looking everywhere but to Jesus. The question on the floor is this, who do you look to when you have a situation, when you have a problem? Do you look to your intellect? Do you look to Big Mama? Do you look to your pastor, your church? Do you look to your budget? Do you look to your friends, your family? Or do you look to Jesus? Welcome to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of the Christ Bible Church. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us today as we continue a message called What's in Your Hand from John chapter 6. And uh, pastor, I think you just uh, went meddling a little bit there because most of us probably tend to look too many of those things before we look to Jesus. And if we are looking to relationships, to our bank account, to all these other things rather than Jesus first, can we begin to change that habit and that pattern? I think we should begin to change it because think about it. Uh, look at Abraham and Lot. Okay, they backslid in uh, Genesis chapter 12. They went down into Egypt and backslid. Uh, they come back and Abraham has something that Lot doesn't have. Abraham has an altar for worship. Hmm. They came back. Both of them had riches and cattle and, you know, but only Abraham came back to the altar. He came back to worship. And so what happened as a result of that? When you look at Abraham and you look at Lot, he has to rescue him, have to do all these things. The bottom line is this, because Abraham made Yahweh his first choice, Everything fell into line mm-hmm. because Lot didn't. Everything fell out of line. Here's what I like to tell people all the time. A lot is out of place because Jesus is not in first place. Matthew six thirty three. one of my favorite verses. Seek ye forth. <laughs> is, is, is that, was that? Not quite no, right. Okay. Third. Wait, yeah. You're getting warmer. Uh, second. there. You're you're hot. You're oh, close. okay. You're not first. Oh, there we go. Seek ye first. Now, look. I don't know uh, in our listening audience uh, who your first response is, but I know that it wasn't easy for me to look to Jesus for everything. Mm. And even now, as I said in a few previous broadcasts, sometimes I don't. But I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit arrests me. Yeah. And and allows me to see that sometimes we need to understand that if God allows these other things to satisfy, to provide, to save us in the sanctifying sense, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, to save us, then why should we look to him? If I can always run to my bank account and bail myself out, yeah. what do I need Jesus for? Yeah. Well, you would say, of course, the bank account. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah. And so so if I'm always running to my pastor, and here's the danger, the real danger. There's a danger, Steve. There is a danger. Remember Lost in Space? Are you old enough to remember that? Uh, danger, vaguely. real Robinson. Yeah. Danger. Here's the danger, that God will sometime have to remove items, individuals, etc., that we place in front of him. Sure so that we can see we can't lean on the arm of flesh. Yeah, very true. Well, we're in uh, John chapter 6 today, so you can grab a Bible, join us there as we continue this message, What's in Your Hand? Here is Pastor Ford. 
The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. It's not about a bunch of rules and regulations. I know we got a lot of them, but it's not about that. It's about helping somebody. All right. Let me just do this. Let me just do this. Let me share with you what I shared with them this morning, then I'll finish up. We had a sister here. Her name was Dorothy Lampkin. I mean, remember Sister Dorothy. Amen. And uh, when I first came, her husband, Rudy, was not saved. Now, he would always try to get her to go fishing and starve rock. And she would never go because we had uh, what most churches don't have anymore, a Sunday evening service every Sunday. And uh, she said, yeah, he want me to go fishing with him. And the Bible says, forsake not to send me yourself, I'm going to be in church. I told him, go on, go, go fishing. I'm going to church. I said, well, you, get him to, you invite him to church with you? Yeah, I invite him all the time. He never comes. And then I said this, I said, maybe he never comes with you because you never go with him. If he asks you next Sunday, why don't you go with him, go fishing? What? The pastor telling me to skip church? Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Because I know marriage. And so he's feeling that the church is more important than him. She said, it is. I said, well, no, that's not the priority in the Bible. He has to be the priority. And so she went, check this out, two Sundays later, guess who walked the aisle to receive Christ? Rudy Lampkin received Christ. Came to church with her, received Christ. Guess what his first ministry was? Ushering. We say it all the time. Come on, come on, say it. People don't care how much you know. Yeah, and all she had to do was show her husband, I love you, I, I'll spend some time with you. And he said, well, then I'll spend some time with you. Now, I know what you're saying, because you've been having people ask you to come to the club. And you've been asking them to go to the church. Hey, my brother said to me, you know what? I don't like your Jesus. So you don't like my Jesus. Yeah, I don't like him. Why? Because your Jesus took my brother away from me. We used to be real tight, do everything together. And I said, so why would you say something like that? He said, because you've always come to my birthday parties. Now, let me tell you about a Robert Johnson, a Robert Cornelius Johnson birthday party. Okay? Uh, it's a birthday party. And there, there's two, he has a two-floor house. On the top floor, all the women are up there with a male stripper. On the bottom floor, all the men are there with some female strippers. Okay? And so what he would do is he'd have a family dinner, and then it would, break, it would break out. It would break out all over the house, reefer everywhere. And y'all know I can't go nowhere where there's reefer. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, say it with me. Say, contact high. Now, if you don't know what that is, uh, ask somebody that got burnt fingers. That's all you got to do. And so, so, so what happened? You know, it really rubbed me. Like, Wow. You mean to tell me this is something that he don't want to hear what I got to say? So here's what I did. I told him, I said, look, this is, this is the way I'm living my life now, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I wasn't coming to any of it. I'll come to the dinner, but I ain't staying for the other part. I ain't staying for the other part. And I had the privilege and opportunity, it was five years later, of leading my brother and his wife to faith in Jesus Christ. Now, now, you digest that uh, however you want to digest it. Amen. And so, what happened then? Uh, secondly, probing their faith. Let me give you this real quick. 
in verses 5 through 7. And so it says, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company under them, he said unto them, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. I'm going to deal with that next week. I don't have time right now because I ain't glossing over that. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. Here it is now. Uh, bottom line, what do you mean? When God asks questions, it's not because there's a momentary lapse in his omniscience. That's not why. He didn't forget anything. Go back and look at the questions. Adam, where are you? The question was designed to reveal his sin. See, a good question will cause contemplation, make you think. So God wants you to think on your own. That's why he asked questions. So he said, Adam, where are you? Adam should have said, I'm where I should not be. I disobeyed you. That's why I'm here. But he didn't want to admit his sin like many of us. Sarah, why did you laugh? He asked that question to reveal his sovereignty. You're in an impossible situation. And uh, I need to ask you a question because you laughing when I said, Sarah going to have a baby at 90 years old. Is there anything too hard for God? Do you believe in my sovereignty? Am I sufficient? So he asked the question. Uh, uh, Ezekiel, can these bones live again? And, and Ezekiel was wise because Ezekiel knew if he said, yes, God will say, well, who died and made you boss? If he say no, then God can say, um, uh, uh, so you doubt my power? So Ezekiel said, Lord, you know. I ain't going there. You know. That's it. And so the baptism of John, was it from God or was it from men? So they said, if we say from God, he'll say, why didn't you listen to it? If we say from men, these people will kill us because everybody thought that John was a prophet. The question was designed to reveal their subtlety. Pilate, are you the king of the Jews? The question was designed, reveal your source about me. Because unless you get your source from heaven, you don't know me. You know, I, I uh, finished my degree from Moody at Chicago State. I needed 31 hours because um, Moody didn't do those kind of courses back then when I was in school and matriculating there. And um, I, I was in a philosophy class with a Jewish rabbi who was an atheist in philosophy one-on-one. And we used to get into it all the time. And uh, he, he had a golden mane, older guy. He would comb his hair. And then finally, he had run one young lady out who believed the Bible because it's first class. Who in here believes the Bible? And then he picked up the girl in the front. You believe the Bible, little girl? You know, and, and she dropped out of class. And so, you know, I'd get into it with him, you know, because I wasn't a teenager. You know, I was 32 years old when I went to college. So, you know, he wasn't dealing with some kid. And I was a preacher and a believer, you know, since I was 20 years old. And uh, so anyway, so he would, he would talk about Plato's allegory of the cave and all this. And I say... Uh, excuse me, that sounds like Genesis. Plato's allegory of the cave sounds what God says in, in Genesis, you know, blah, blah, we're sinners and all that. So we would get into it. He'd come in and he'd say, all right, Mr. Ford, where were we? So he made this statement one time. He said, and I want everybody in here to know there are no absolutes. Mr. Ford, I said, are you absolutely sure? <laughs> hmm. Philip failed. Now, Jesus asked Philip uh, about where can we get something to eat to feed him. Why? Because Philip was from Bethsaida. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 44. He was saying, Philip, are, are there any BJs around or, or are there any JJ fish, any Harolds around anywhere, any Captain Hooks? 
Philip failed. He looked at the magnitude of the crowd rather than the majesty of the Christ. He looked at his own meager resources instead of the magnificent Redeemer. Hey, hey, there's a couple of brothers, Brother Mendoza is one of them, who are mechanics, and here's what they want to do for ministry. They want to, to get cars, fix them up, and give them to the single women of the church. Wow, that's powerful. So I shared that this morning. And so then people came forward, and this is what Elder Morgan gave me, a car donation. See, I, see, see, let me see if I can break it down. This morning I said there were some brothers who were interested in starting a car ministry to give to single mothers, fix them up, keep them running for them. Oh, there's Brother Dalton over there. He's the other one, Brother Dalton. And uh, fix them up, and you got a donation already. We didn't have a car this morning. These brothers are just starting. They just want to get things going. And he's ready to start the ministry with no car. But all you got to do is ask God. He'll provide what you need. Well, we're going to pause right there, but we'll get back to this message, What's in Your Hand, from Pastor Ford in just one moment. You are listening to Treasure Truth, and if you have a question about something you hear on the broadcast, or maybe how a certain passage of Scripture might apply to you, you can always send us your questions through our website. Come to treasuredtruthradio.org. Click on the contact link. We'll make sure that Pastor Ford sees that question, and who knows, we might just answer that in a future broadcast. You can also give us some feedback. Let us know how this program is making an impact in your walk with Christ. Again, come to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the contact link. Here is Pastor Ford. Anybody here been here with me with any length of time? No. I don't have to know where the money comes from to do what God told me to do. I'm going to start walking in the direction that he told me to go, knowing he going to give me the money. I know it. I know it. Yeah. And so sometimes we fail to know who the solution is. Get this. They're leaving the answer to find an answer to bring back to the answer that which is not the answer. The answer's right there. You're going over there and the answer's right here. Jesus is here. He's the answer, no matter what the question is. <sighs> Matthew 14, 15 says, the disciple said, send them away. That's the answer that most people have. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. You know what we did Saturday? We had a worship seminar. It was powerful. Everybody that was there was talking about how powerful it was. But we had some women uh, who had called here and said, look, we want to pass out turkeys. They said, well, we're going to pass out turkeys here as well. But we want to pass them out. And uh, we've got a bunch of turkeys. But here's the point. When they told me, I said, well, well where, where are you ladies from? What's your church? They told me their church. And I said, well, why don't you do it from your church? Our pastor won't let us. I said, what? He won't let you. Now, that, you know, no matter how flat a pancake is, it got two sides. I ain't hear his side. But I said, you can come on and you can pass them out here. Here's what the sister said. I told her God had a provision for us. 
That's it, man. God has a provision for us. I mean, we can't be like the lady. Uh, uh, you remember the lady who told her husband, look, I'm tired of arguing with you. We've been married 15 years. We ain't done about arguing from day one. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray and ask God to kill one of us. And then when he does, I'm going to Florida and live with my sister. There's always a solution to the problem. Isn't it amazing they're looking everywhere but to Jesus? The question on the floor is this, who do you look to when you have a situation, when you have a problem? Do you look to your intellect? Do you look to big mama? Do you look to your pastor, your church? Do you look to your budget? Do you look to your bank account? Do you look to your friends, your family? Or do you look to Jesus? Is Jesus your first response or is he your last resort? Andrew brings a possible solution. At least he's looking for an answer. Three times we have Andrew bringing some to Jesus. John 1, 42, he brings Peter to Jesus. John 12, 23, he brings the Greeks to Jesus. Now he brings a little boy with his happy meal lunch to Jesus. And so here now he comes and brings this young boy. What's in your hand? The boy has his lunch. It's barley loaves, fishes and loaves. Barley is the grain of the poor. So he's a poor young boy and he's just got a lunch. He just brings a lunch. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You ever stand in that line waiting for that cheese? My mama used to send me all the time. It was so embarrassing. All my friends would see me standing in that line. But I tell you what, that government cheese, boy, that was the best cheese. You make them grilled cheese sandwiches, it burned the roof of your mouth. Oh, man. Oh, man, that was some good cheese. Yeah. And here it is, and I'm done. And we'll pick it up next week. He put it in the master's hand. I'm going to talk about it next week again, but what's in your hand? See, Moses had a rod, and that rod couldn't do anything. Why? Because it was Moses' rod. It was called the rod of Moses. But whenever it became the rod of God, it opened up the Red Sea and let the children of Israel pass through on asphalt because it went from Moses' hands to maybe you don't have enough money because it's in your hands. Maybe you don't have your health because it's in your hands. Maybe what you need to do is put it in Jesus' hands. You want to know why? Because he doesn't need a whole lot to do what he does. He took Moses and a, and a stick and defeated the mighty Egyptian army. He took David, a little boy, and a slingshot and defeated the mighty Goliath. He took a coward with 300 men and 300 lanterns and 300 trumpets to defeat 125,000 Midianites. He took a little slave girl and she led Naaman to Elisha so he'd be healed of leprosy. He took a fisherman from the ghetto of Israel and his shadow and healed multitudes of people. He took a little short, bald-headed, squinty-eyed Jewish rabbi and touched three continents with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What does he do? He uses who's willing and he uses what's available. You just got to give it to Jesus. Some people say, in order to give, I need more. No, 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 no. Nehemiah chapter three, verse five. Nehemiah says, we're building a wall. And these are the people who refuse to work. He doesn't try to force them. He just says, here they are. Here are the people who are working. Here are the people who are not working. Listen, let me just say this and let me wrap this thing up. 
You're not ready for ministry if you have to be forced to do ministry. You're not ready for ministry if you have to be coerced to do ministry. You're not ready for ministry if you have to be arm twisted to do ministry. You're not ready for ministry if you have to be backed up in a corner to do ministry. You're not ready for ministry if you have to be cajoled. You're not ready for ministry if you have to be ridiculed. You're not ready for ministry if you have to be made to feel guilty to do ministry. And I'm talking about all kind of ministry. I'm talking about giving. I'm talking about anything that you do. Worship. I don't care what it is. You're not ready for ministry. And you're definitely not ready for ministry if you always have to have your own way. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. That's it. I'm, I, I'm done. But Jesus didn't do things out of his convenience. He sure didn't because he left the ivory throne and the worship of angels and was born in an animal stall to be rejected by an innkeeper. He didn't do convenient ministry. He left the suburbs of heaven and came to the inner city called earth because he didn't do convenient ministry. He left the place where he said in heaven, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool, and came to the place where he said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man hath nowhere to lay his head. He didn't do ministry out of convenience. He left walking the streets of gold in heaven to walking the dusty streets of power Palestine on earth. He didn't do convenient ministry. He was the ancient of days, but he inconvenienced himself by veiling his deity in humanity, being localized for time and eternity in a body. He didn't do ministry convenient. He came unto his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him. To them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. That's why Paul said, and I'm actually done now, said it three times, one for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost, blessed the three in one. He said, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but took upon himself no reputation, and being found in the fashion of sinful man, became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called What's in Your Hand from John chapter 6. And we'll continue this teaching next time. If you want to make sure you don't miss a broadcast, just come to our website. You can always listen online. Our website address is treasuretruthradio.org. You know, Pastor, we often hear the word stewardship in Bible teaching and Christian radio. But how does that apply to supporting a program like Treasure Truth or Moody Radio? Well, I think we need to understand that uh, everything is God's by ownership and it's ours by stewardship. A steward is a manager of somebody else's things. Okay. And yep. so we understand it all belongs to God. And what we want to do is we have trusted God to provide us in our giving. Now we ask God to guide us in our giving. Hmm. And... Uh, what we do is we begin to pray and to ask. You know, we support our local church, and then we give to the organizations that build us up and edify us. The yeah. word edify is an interesting word. It literally means to build a house. Hmm. And when you yeah. listen to Moody Radio, programs like Treasure Truth and other Moody-sponsored programs, you're being built up in your most precious faith. Hmm. And you want to make sure that that kind of thing can continue where you grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that can't happen unless we have individuals who will give. Well, you can give online by coming to treasuretruthradio.org and clicking on the donate button. 
Well, thanks for doing that and for listening. Thanks also to our producer, Amy Rios. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.